right, welcome to our services today. I certainly hope the uh, residents of the John Thompson Center and of the Friendship Home in Marion, North Carolina are able to log in and watch. I hope many others are watching today also. I want to invite everyone who wants to join us and be a part of our services today. And They are a little different. We don't have music and, and those things. Uh, we don't have a traditional church setting to work under and work with. However, uh, we are bringing the truth of God's Word. And we are bringing it in a way that is uh, wholesome. And it is meeting the needs of society and meeting us and introducing a segment of society to God's Word that maybe has been isolated from it from quite, for quite some time. We welcome Facebook. We thank Facebook for the opportunity and the privilege to use their service to do this. And as we open today, we want to remember prayer requests. Weekly, I post on my Facebook page a, a, a welcome for anyone who wishes to post a prayer request. I do that at least once a week. I try to do it more often. But I do it because I realize that people have needs in their life. People are seriously troubled by circumstances today. They have things other than the focus that we have on COVID-19 and the economy and, and supplies of necessities. There are those concerns that we all share, but each one of us have very individual things in our lives, things that are special and sensitive only to us that God knows about. But that doesn't mean we can't pray with you, and we certainly want to extend that invitation to you. This morning we're going to open in prayer, and as we do so, I want you to feel free to join us. Anything that God has laid upon your heart, anything that you are troubled with, anything that you are struggling with today, let God have his way. Let God move in your life. With that said, let's go to God in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for the privilege of being able to open your word today. Thank you for sharing that word with me as, and me as your messenger. Lord, I appreciate the privilege to come to the listening and the viewing audience right now, wherever they may be, whatever their circumstance or situation may be. Lord, I pray that you would help those that are in hospitals today, those who are struggling with the virus. Lord, those that are struggling with having family members isolated from them because of the virus. Heavenly Father, I pray for all of those involved. I pray for our country's leaders. I pray for the medical leaders, the scientists. I pray for all that are on the front lines fighting and battling this. Lord, I lift them up to you. But equally as important, Lord, are the individuals. The individual Christian who is sitting at home right now, isolated from their church, isolated from their worship, Heavenly Father, I pray for them. I pray that you would give encouragement to their heart. I pray, Heavenly Father, that you would strengthen them and lift them up by your word. Heavenly Father, those that may not know you, those who may not know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, Lord, I pray for them today. I pray for them and I pray that you would touch their heart 
I pray that during this time of struggle in this nation, I pray that you would show a shine a light upon their heart and how badly they need you. How badly they need your son, Jesus Christ. Now, Heavenly Father, through all of the struggles, through all of the personal dilemmas and situations and circumstances, those that know you as Lord and Savior and those that do not, I ask that you would put a blessing upon this nation. I ask that your grace would overflow it. Lord, I pray that your church would return to you revived, seeking a moving of the Holy Spirit in their life. I pray that that revival would extend across this planet and that those who, don't, who do not know you today, they would reach to you and they would seek you. And Lord, with that said and done, I pray that you would open your word to our hearts today. I pray that it would reach out and it would not come back to you void, but that it would accomplish everything that you have purposed it to do. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. This morning... I'm going to be reading from Psalms, from the 121st Psalm, to be exact. And I'm going to give you a moment to find your place there, if you would like. While you're doing so, I want to remind you, today's Palm Sunday. It is on this day that we celebrate the Lord's triumphal entry into Jerusalem. It is on this day when Jesus rode a humble donkey into Jerusalem and in a humble spirit walked through those gates into the city where he would meet his death. But he went through those gates to a crowd of cheering people, a crowd of people who were praising God, a crowd of people who were shouting Hosanna, a crowd of people who were throwing palms at the feet of the donkey that carried him in. That is how we know it is Palm Sunday. All of those are very significant in the Jewish culture as far as the welcoming of a king. But there's something much more important I want to point out to you about Palm Sunday. Something that you can enjoy and become a part of today and something that I hope the text from Psalm 121 will strengthen and anchor in your heart. And that is the reality that on Palm Sunday, when the Lord entered into Jerusalem, he entered into there in front of a group of people who loved him. He went into a group through a group of people who worshipped him and praised him. They realized that he was there to help them. Now, their perception of help may have been different than his perception, and than why he was there and what he was originally there to do. And that's something I want us to think about. As we call out God, call out to God for help, whether it be for COVID-19 or the economy or whatever the situations may be, layoffs, whatever it may be, if we call out to God for help, are we asking for God's help as he wants to give it? Or are we asking for God's help as we want him to give it? There, there can be two very important answers and two very different answers there. So I hope from today's message that we can open some doors. 
that we can have God's word open some doors into your heart and into your life. And from it, give you some encouragement, give you some inspiration, give you something to go to God's word and search deeper on. Without anything else said, let's go to God's word. Let's look at our passage. Psalm 121, beginning with verse 1. The psalmist says, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills, from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. Those two verses this morning. I want to preach to you for a little while on the thought of during troubled times, where can I find help? As I stated earlier, <coughs> excuse me, in the introduction, or that brief introduction, when Jesus rode into Jerusalem, there were cheering people, praising people. There were people there that were shouting to the highest, shouting Hosanna, dropping their palms at his feet. But they had a perception of a Savior that was going to come in and was going to free Israel of their Roman occupation and put Israel back in a spot of prominence and a man that was going to come in and Jesus was thought to be that man that was going to come in as a literal physical king, overthrow Rome, sit on the throne in Jerusalem and reestablish Israel as a worldwide political and military power. However, God had something much bigger in mind. God's plan was to have Jesus go in. Jesus was going to offer himself as a sacrifice. A sacrifice for the sin of humanity. A sacrifice for the true wants in an eternal perspective. Jesus was going to present himself as the sacrificial king of everyone. As everyone's Lord and Savior. As everyone's eternal authority. Now he will return one day physically and he will sit upon that throne. But this wasn't the time. So you see, the perspective the people had of who Jesus was as king and the reality of who God, of the perspective that God sent him under, was two entirely different things. So we come to the thought during troubled times, where can we get help? Who are we calling upon? What is our perception of help? What are we expecting to get? Those are all questions that need to be answered. And I hope today, through the message that we're bringing, I hope to some degree they will give some answers or at least point you in the direction where you can find some answers. First of all, to find this help, we must understand how badly we need God. How badly do we need Him? Well, when we look around, it's easy for the born-again Christian to know how badly we need God. If we're anywhere close to a proper relationship with God this morning, 
We will realize how badly we need him. We will realize how badly our families need him. We will realize how badly our nation needs him today. We can see the struggles with sickness. We can see the struggles uh, with the economy, with layoffs. We can see families that are beginning to feel the financial impact of not having a weekly paycheck. We see the struggles of people having to try to file unemployment through the internet and the internet systems crashing because they're, letting, they're not intended to run and to handle this much traffic. We can see all of these things come in. But when we look and we understand how badly we need God, we, ask, we have to ask the question, what am I seeking from God? Am I seeking, the, uh, am I seeking a paycheck? Do I want God to just meet my wants? To give me everything that I want? And then when I'm done with God, I'll pass him away? I'll push him off? we got to remember something in this country. And this applies to the church as well as it does to the world in general. For decades, we have pushed God out of our lives. For decades, we have pushed God out of the church. We have done what we wanted. We have done it in the name of religion. We have done it to satisfy our own personal and selfish gains and needs. It's something we better take a very close look at internally. So how badly do we need God? We have to need God so badly that we're willing to come back to Him on His terms. On His terms. When we read, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. In David's day when this was written, when we looked up to the hills, we were looking up to a city usually that was well fortified, well defended, well secured, well structured, very prosperous, and very secure to be in. The picture there is David looking up to heaven and seeing God and where his help comes from. It isn't giving God advice on what that help is. It isn't giving God instructions on what he wants. It is looking at God from where his help comes from, from what God sees his needs in his life. So when we ask the question, how badly do we need God? We need to be asking God, how badly do I need you? How badly do I really need you in my life. How big of a wreck is my life? Personally. How big of a wreck is it? How big of a wreck is my family? How big of a wreck is my nation? God, instead of me trying to tell you, you need to tell me where we need to be. When we answer that question, how badly do I need God? It is really a reality check for us to seek God and ask Him, where do I need to be according to your perspective, according to what you see from the throne, from that high hill that you sit upon, from that high
that I plead and I cry out to. And I'm seeking your grace and I'm seeking your mercy. And I'm seeking your wonderful loving hand to come down and reach down into my heart, into my life, into my family, into my church, into my nation, into my world. How badly do I really need it? How badly do we need it? How far is my separation from you? So when David was calling out to God, he says, from whence cometh my help? It's personal. The psalmist says, my help. My personal when we look at how badly we need God, it has to be from a personal perspective. It can't be in a group setting. It can't be about the church down the road or the neighbor up the road. It has to be from within my heart. How badly do I personally need God? What does God see in my life as a, as a, as a need? What does God see in my life as a failure, as a fault? What does God see in my life that needs to be repented of? Maybe you're not even saved today. Maybe you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Some of you out there may say that, Oh, I remember when I was a small child in vacation Bible school. I remember going to the altar and I remember praying and I remember being saved. But as I got older, uh, I drew away. I went away from church and, and, and the things happened and I, I made decisions that I regret. And, and, the, and it goes on and on. That's okay. God wants you back. God wants that relationship back. Revive yourself. Some of you may say you have never accepted. You're an atheist. You're an agnostic. But you're listening. So there's a part of you that really wants to know. There's a part of you that really wants to know how badly you need God. What does God have for you? God will answer that question. If you will go to him. If you will let him. How badly do we need God? We need Him first in our life as, as Lord and Savior through Jesus Christ. We need that relationship established through Jesus. Next, we need to be walking as close to God as we can walk. That's how badly we need this relationship. That's how badly we need God in our lives. Not just because of the virus, not just because of the economy or the jobs or anything else, but because of our relationship with him. Because that's what God desires from you and me and everyone is a genuine, heartfelt relationship. That's how badly we need God. Next, we need to ask the question, where can God not be found? Notice the psalmist says, from whence comes my help? My help 
cometh from the Lord which made heaven and earth. We're looking for God in a lot of the wrong places today. We're looking for God in religion where we follow a set of do's and don'ts and we feel like we're on the right path because of what we do or what we don't do. That does not get us to God. That may get us to a point in life where we feel like we've accomplished something. We may get to a point in life where we feel like we have helped others, where we have become a good philanthropist. We may get to the point in life where we're recognized in our community or get to a point where we're recognized in our nation or even in the world as being as having done this major humanitarian thing or, or helping accomplish certain rights and privileges. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with those. But it doesn't get us close to God. We may find ourselves in a spot where we are politically recognized. We may be in a place where a political party really puts us upon a pedestal and says, hey, hello, this person has accomplished this and they've helped forward this particular agenda or that particular agenda. But it doesn't get us closer to God. We may, through our hobbies, seek peace and contentment, especially outdoor hobbies and recreation, where we will go on fishing trips or hunting trips or camping trips or hiking trips. And we may say and justify them. And we may say, well, I, I go out there and I get closer to God. How? By worshiping the trees and the rocks and the streams and the rivers? I enjoy the outdoors. I grew up in the outdoors. I enjoy hunting and fishing. It's a great hobby. And when I'm out there and when I'm all alone, I do spend time in prayer, getting closer to God. But it's not because of the streams or the rivers or it's not because of the hunting woods or it's not because of anything other than just being there and having that time where I can pray and I can meditate. It is my conversation and my heart's desire to reach God. It's not a location. And that's like saying, I will stay out of church on Sunday and I will go to a ball game and I will spend my time with 70,000 other people cheering on my favorite team. How does that get you closer to God? We've got to be careful because what we say to ourselves and what we and the people we align ourselves with that give us a, uh, give us a perspective on where we're going and what we're doing, they may be pushing us farther away and justifying and making us feel good in that attempt. We've got to be careful what we put ourselves, the place we put ourselves into because it's not a place that we can get close to God. It's a place where it can't happen. We've got to get real about this thing. We've got to determine first where we can't get closer to God. 
how we can't get closer to God, how God won't move through certain things and in certain circumstances. Because understanding what he won't work through and understanding what he won't do is a big part of understanding what he will do. We're all caught up in justifying ourselves today on what we want and we expect God to just negotiate the outcome with us. God doesn't negotiate. He never has and he never will. God has set forth from his throne in heaven a decree upon what he expects from people and he has given his only begotten son as a sacrifice for the sin of all humanity and that's what he has done. The rest of it is provided for you and I in our Bible. The rest of it is provided to you and I from God's word to tell us what he won't do, why he won't do it, and tell us what he will do and why he will do it. And we are here to follow this from his word in obedience and in submission, knowing that it was his son who humbly rode a donkey through the gates of Jerusalem and gave his life so that we can have a relationship with God. We've got to quit asking God to come and do things on our terms. We've got to start meeting them on his terms. Well, what are his terms? His terms are simple. His terms begin with Jesus Christ. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. It certainly didn't stop there. But what the psalmist is saying to all of us, when he says heaven and earth, he's given us a picture of God being the creator of everything. He is giving us a picture of God being omnipotent, omniscient, and omnipresent. Of being everywhere, of being all-powerful, and of being all-knowing. There is nothing that God can't do. Nothing that God won't do. So how do we get to him? We start with Jesus Christ. We start with that personal relationship. You see, you can enjoy the grace of God. In the day that we live in today, God pours out his grace on the church. The true, redeemed church. God pours it out. And because of that grace and because of the day that we live in, that grace in a large number, large proportion, is shared by those who believe and those who don't believe. Those who believe have a greater understanding of it. And those that believe have a greater, deeper blessing of that grace. But generally speaking, grace is shared. The effects, the benefits of it because of the church around the world. But that grace leads to something. Paul says we are saved by grace through faith. Through faith in God. Through faith in Jesus Christ. Through faith that everything that is written in God's word is true. It has authority in all matters in all people's lives. You see, it isn't about pushing someone to do something. 
I can't push you to do anything. That would be, it would be wrong for me to try. It would be wrong for you to try to do it because of me pushing. But what I do need to do and what my conviction is is to warn you and tell you from God's word what he is going to expect because one day you and I both will stand before God and we will give an account. I will give an account of whether I have properly warned people and you will give an account of whether you've properly heeded it. If I don't properly warn you, your, your destination, your eternal life, if you fail to meet Christ, if you fail, and hell is your destiny, and I don't warn you, that's on me. If I do warn you and you fail to meet Christ and your eternal destiny is hell, then that's on you. God makes that very clear. I'm not doing this out of fear. I'm not doing it out of a out of a out of a uh, attempt to avoid judgment. I'm doing it because of conviction, because of an understanding that God loves everyone. Church member, God loves you. God wants you to be warning people because of his love. He doesn't want you to be warning people because of an obligation or because of some fear of something. He wants you to warn people because he first loved you and you understand where that love has brought you and he wants you to be able to share that with other people. I know the sin that I was redeemed from. And even if I had done nothing of my own, there is enough sin in the nature of my life that prevents me from being a part of God's family, that prevents me from being in heaven apart from Jesus Christ. It's all about Christ. Where does my help come from? It comes from Christ. It comes from God through Christ. Because of Christ. Because of Christ. Where can it be found? Where can God be found? On Him to forgive of you of your sin and to come into your heart and for you to be a part of His family. That's the beginning. That begins the walk. Christian, you've been on this walk. Are you walking close to God or are you walking farther away from Him? You and God know. It's time to seek God on his terms. Yes, it's Palm Sunday. Yes, it is a wonderful event in the history of the church. It's a wonderful event in the history of mankind. It reminds me of something I heard yesterday. The president in the White House gave an update on the COVID virus. After that update was done, a reporter candidly decided to make a point that this is the first Easter in the history of the United States where it wouldn't be celebrated. That's wrong. With all due respect to that reporter, you're wrong. You see, Easter will always be experienced. It will always be celebrated in the heart of the believer. 
It doesn't have to be in a particular building with a particular group of people under pomp and circumstance. It doesn't have to be about music and cantatas and celebrations. It's about personally knowing that God has met my needs. It's about personally knowing that God has me wrapped up in his arms. It's about personally knowing that I am where I need to be with him. That's resurrection. That's resurrection. Easter hasn't been canceled. Christ still rose from the tomb. We'll talk about that next week. But in reality, if we really want God in our lives, if we really need Him, and we want Him to come and to meet our needs, we have to realize what those needs are in His eyes. Spiritual needs, physical needs, financial needs, personal needs, whatever they may be. What does God see that we need to see? I'm going to pray. And as I pray, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, take this time, bow with me, and accept Him as your Lord and Savior. Ask Him to forgive you of your sin. Ask Him to love you, to come into your heart. Ask Him to make you a child of His kingdom. And He will. Church member, maybe you need revival. Maybe you personally need to get that walk closer, that gap closed between you and God. As I pray and close this morning, you have that opportunity. You have that opportunity to meet God where he says you need to be so he can meet your needs. Either way, we have that opportunity. The time is now. There is no promise of tomorrow. Let's find out where God wants us to be. And let's let him meet those needs that he sees. The ones that we're aware of and the ones that we're not. The ones that we may even be trying to turn our head from. Let's let God meet all of those needs. Pray with me, please. Heavenly Father, thank you for the time that we've had. Thank you for the privilege of sharing this message over Facebook with technology that you have given Lord, I ask that it would go out and it would touch hearts and lives this morning. I ask that you would be glorified, that you would be lifted up. And Heavenly Father, lead, guide, and direct us throughout the rest of this day, the week that is coming. Heavenly Father, bless those families and comfort them as they struggle through the loss and through the, through the heartbreak of this virus. Those who are struggling through loss and heartbreak that have came as a result of this virus, bless those as well. Help us to be healthy and strong and help us to take care of the safety and situations throughout this land. Thanks again for all the doctors and the scientists. May they call upon you for wisdom and guidance as we go through this problem and this struggle that you're so aware of. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you for being a part of our services today. Feel free to message me or comment on this anytime during the broadcast or after the broadcast. Until next time, may God bless you is my prayer.